Welcome to Focus on Success with Fazia Costi. Our program is designed to help you with executive function challenges. Our guest experts offer perspective, experience, and ideas to improve different aspects of your life. Now, here is your host, Fazia Costi. Hi, welcome to the show. I'm Fazia Costi, and today we are speaking with Janet McConnell. She is a keynote speaker, published author, and personal fitness trainer in her late 60s. She has transformed her life from the inside out in middle age. It was such a profound experience for her that it inspired her to devote the past 12 years leading the change towards the radical idea of aging well. She speaks publicly, trains her fitness clients, and publishes her writings about her passion and has no intention of stopping, which I absolutely love. Uh, welcome to the show, Janet. Thank you very much, Fazia. I'm happy to be here. I appreciate you. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you because I think transitioning to um, any age is a challenge for, for most people, but especially for women, I think, because, you know, we have a lot of social things that go with that. And, um, you know, so I, I love that you're talking about this topic. I think it's a very important topic to talk about. Um, how did you get started in this? I mean, what, what, what inspired you to start talking about age and aging? Well, I started to get old, <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing will spark an interest in, in, uh, aging well, like aging. <laughs> so we should all be interested. <laughs> right. Right. And it does. It just doesn't come to bear until you start to get maybe on the high side of the forties into your fifties. And then you start noticing changes in your, your, your appearance or in, in your energy or in how the world treats you, which is an mm-hmm. interesting aspect as well. That, start, yeah. Start, that is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I started to notice one of the things that I remember noticing first was that there would be an ad in a magazine for anti-aging cream. And I just thought, well, first of all, anti uh, something that's a natural process is kind of bad, but then it would have a picture of this beautiful young 20 something model with perfect skin because she hadn't lived enough life yet to have any wrinkles. And so they were advertising this thing that's supposed to help people that were my age, but she looked like she could be my daughter or granddaughter's age. And it was like, there's something wrong here. <laughs> I remember having that thought long ago. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. Um, I don't like the idea of anti-aging. I like the idea of aging gracefully. And yes. It sounds to me like you've embraced that really well. Yes. Yeah, it's important to realize that aging is inevitable. It's that decay is optional. And that's what I'm, I'm interested in pursuing with people is to change their mindset around aging. Well, let's talk a little bit about mindset. Um, what, what are some of the limiting, the self-limiting beliefs that we talk about when we talk about aging? Well, I think that we have a lot of pat phrases like you're like a fine wine. You just get better with age and, you know, you're not getting older, you're getting better or just things like that, that we tell ourselves and that's all great. And it's, it's kind of true, but there's also a feeling in society that 
getting older means that you're going to be sidelined. You're going to be, it's harder to find um, a career where you're going to be accepted, especially as a woman. And it becomes this thing that kind of, all of a sudden you realize one day that your boss is younger than you and it's, <laughs> and it's, and, and it's okay. But then it's like a hmm kind of a thing where you start thinking about it. And then you realize that the people around you are aging along with you. And there's a separation in how people experience aging. And I think that it starts in your mindset. Because so tell me often, a little bit about that. How do people experience aging differently? Yeah, it, it has partly to do with the message that culture gives us, our culture gives us about what it means to age that you can subscribe to or not. It's the idea you, you might hear people saying, oh, you know, when I turn 80 or 85, just shoot me because I never, ever want to be old. Well, how sad is that? Because with the way our, our life is going now with medicine and our understanding about the physical world and about science research, we know we are going to, in this generation, live much longer than the previous generations. The, the number of centenarians that are going to be living over the next 20 to 25 years is growing astronomically. And so many of us are going to live to be very, very old, whether we like it or not. <laughs> well, I, I laugh because, well, that was funny, but um, my na- my neighbor, he is 82. I think he's 80 or 82. And when I sit in my office, I see him outdoors every single day. That man has more energy than most 20-year-olds I know. He is outside every single day. He is mowing his own lawn. He trims his own trees. He, um, he, you know, he helps take care of his grandkids. He's got a little dog. He's always taking out on walks. And so it really is a mindset because you can also look on the flip side. There's 80 year old people who just literally sit in their living room in their rocking chairs and watch TV all day. And I've seen, I've seen them as well. And I think you're on mute. <laughs> Yes, right. It seems like there is this idea about as we get older, that life becomes more diminished and people are afraid of getting old because they look around them and see people that are much older and they aren't living the life of their dreams. They aren't getting to do what they want. And when it really boils down to is sometimes people are more afraid of getting old than they are of actually dying. And yes, that's I would sad, agree with that. <laughs> that's a sad thing. It's it's one of those things where it depends on how you think about it. So the mindset, what is it that you enjoy this day doing very much that you never want to give up? In other words, life wouldn't be worth living if you couldn't fill in the blank. And those are the things that you want to make sure you can keep doing as much as possible. Right. Especially around physical strength and energy, if you love travel, if you love hiking, if you love tennis, pickleball, I don't care what it is, something that's physical, then you want to be sure that you can keep doing it so that you can keep enjoying it. And maybe you'll have to adjust to your energy level, but you can still continue to enjoy all the things that you love doing all the way till the end of your days. And it really is 
you know, your lifespan and your health span should end at approximately the same time. That is ideal. Interesting thought. Yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? People think that it has to do with genetics, like, oh, you know, um, that's great for you, Janet. Um, You probably have good genetics. But my family is I'm actually older now than my father was when he died. And I don't expect that I'm going to have much of a different experience than he did getting old. But genetics is only a very small piece of it because we have this science now that tells us epigenetics and Mm -hmm. epigenetics. It's how our cells respond to our environment and what we offer it. And then it, it changes the expression of your genes. You have your genes and those are definitely part of your hardwiring, but your soft wiring is about what experiences you give your body and your mind to experience in life. And it changes, it changes the way your genes express. And so you can actually live much longer and, and enjoy it. I love the part about, you know, enjoying it. I, I, I think I think that's the part that people want to have is if you're going to live longer, you want to enjoy it. You don't want to sit in your rocking chair um, watching TV for the next decade, watching everyone else enjoy their life because you don't have the energy to get out and participate. Right. Yeah. It. Um, you look at someone like I try to think of somebody in the media that more people of our of your listeners are familiar with. Someone like Betty White, who everybody loved. Well, she loved performing, and she loved people, and she loved being able to participate in a in a, an ensemble cast. And she she was acting until very very much in the last minute of her life. She yeah. loved it so. Much. And it came through in her passion and she, she exuded that joy, no matter what age I, and I really, really loved her for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I can, I can see that. In fact, she's a great example because you're right. She lived a great life. She did everything on her terms. She loved everything she did. George Burns comes to mind. A lot of people probably don't even know who he is because it's been a long time, but I mean, he did things that people told him he shouldn't do, like his cigar. He smoked a cigar till the very end. I think he lived into his 90s. And, you know, that's a man who had a great mindset. He just enjoyed himself. What else is there, right? Right. Yeah, there was a man in the paper recently who was a centenarian. Um, he wasn't famous, but they somebody wrote an article about him. He worked out every day in the gym and he ate a healthy diet. And he also had two martinis every night. <laughs> I was oh, like, good for him. <laughs> you know, if that's so what fun. makes you happy, then go for it. You know, if, if, if that's what makes your life worth living, like you said earlier, find what makes you happy and then do it. Yeah, he definitely. Um, I mean, he did all the other things that you should do to be healthy, you know, early to bed, early to rise and, and followed good health habits. But he he also enjoyed a cocktail. And I just think that's so funny because sometimes we get so like, I don't know, uh, focused on no bad habits and everything has to be perfect. And well, nobody lives life like that. And and that's not always fun either. Well, I think society likes to dictate to us what's, you know, what's healthy, what's not healthy, what we should be doing. We're not robots. We're all individuals. And I think I, I really think that we should find what makes us happy as individuals and then do that. And so, you know, so that you can find your joy in life because no one else is living in your shoes. 
Right. And I think that one of the things that I know in working with my clients, especially my female clients who were in their 50s and 60s, 70s and 80s, they find that there's so many messages out there in social media that say what you should be doing and how you should be looking, what you should look like and what you shouldn't wear at your age. (laughs) At my age, I shouldn't have long hair, but here I am. Well, that's, that's one of the things too about aging is like, you have to really decide what, what it is. I mean, do you want to live a life of your choosing or do you want to live the life of what somebody in society is saying you should do? You right. want to, if you want to go sleeveless, go sleeveless, you know, it's like, it's so, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and I, and I do like the idea of just living your life for you. Um, let's talk a little bit. I want to shift gears and talk a little bit about goal setting. Um what what is goal setting and and how do we how do we set a goal? Well, this is a good topic for January, isn't it? Yes. Because time of year when a lot of people are setting their New Year's resolutions, and I have two ways of looking at this. One is there are short term goals and long term goals, and they have benefits and drawbacks. And also there is this idea of what is it that you're trying to accomplish? So a lot of times at this time of year, people are thinking about, uh, well, kind of purging the holiday toxicity of what they ate and how they were living during the, the frivolity of the holidays. And so they'll start out with this really stringent plan to um, just go on the wagon for a month or do a juice cleanse to help the liver out or to uh, go keto to get rid of the extra, maybe, you know, five to 10 pounds they gain from eating right. all those. Dis- and it's a short-term thing. It's not meant to be sustained. And so as long as you understand that it's not meant to be sustained, it's just a short-term thing. I think of it more of a pattern interrupt. So if you're trying to stop the sugar craving or the drinking so much alcohol and give your body a chance to recover, okay, that's fine. But don't think of it as, this is my New Year's resolution that I'm going to do this forever. Because during this time of a short-term pattern interrupt is the time when you should be reflecting on what am I going to do when this is over? What is the next step? Because a goal without a strategy or an action has no backbone. You you have a goal, you're going to do this and this and this this next year, and then you dust up your hands and you're proud of yourself. What a great goal. And then nothing happens. So in order to make a goal really matter, it has to have actions that back it up. And it needs to be short term for like just this week, I'm going to start to do this. And then I'm going to add this to my routine. A really good book on this is James Clear's Atomic Habits. It talks a lot about this. It's um, a very, very easy to follow plan for how do you start and I've uh, I recommend this to my clients to read and and that way you don't say well I'm going to lose 50 pounds this year okay <laughs> that's a lovely <laughs> goal <laughs> but how right. are you going to do that right yeah I mean it's nothing wrong with that but then what are you going to do this week just a little piece of that I'm going to start drinking more water okay right. no more just just do that and get that going because as you get that little habit going, then that becomes part of the background of your life, just like brushing your teeth or anything else. You don't even think about it. You have your your thing of water and you finish it by right. a certain each day. 
then add in, okay, I'm going to start to add more fresh vegetables. So now the water's going, now I'm going to add, so then, or whatever it is. (laughs) One habit at a time. Right. One habit at a time. Don't try to do everything at once and have a clear reason as to why. So for example, um, one, one thing I like to pick on is the, I need to help my liver out by going on a juice cleanse and sure. It's great to back off on alcohol consumption for a couple of weeks and let your body kind of re-regulate. And for those of you out there that are listening, who are 12 steppers, I mean, you're, you're thinking, okay, I already did that 10 years ago. I'm, I'm sober, but there's other habits that sometimes replace alcohol, like cigarettes or too much caffeine or overconsumption of refined sugar or some other things that it also applies to this. The or soda. Thing. Right, right. There's, there's, of, yeah, they replace one habit with another bad habit. So the, the comments are kind of generic for that. And that is that your liver, <clears throat> your liver is a very intelligent organ. It takes care of 500 plus functions in your body. It is the CEO of everything that's going on. And if your liver needs your intervention by drinking a green juice, then you should be in the hospital because that means you have a life-threatening illness. Your liver can handle it. And so you don't have to just like come in like Roto-Rooter and take care of your poor sick liver. What you need to do is get back in the groove of what you know are healthy habits Start taking care of yourself, getting enough rest, drinking enough water, getting your exercise, eating right, and your liver will just deal with it just fine without you coming to the rescue like 911. Wow. You know, and I, I think that's really good advice. Um, so what happens if somebody wants to get results right now and they're spinning their wheels? How, how, do, they, how do they overcome that? How do they get on track? Well, one of the things that helps with that, because people are pretty good at deciding what they want for goals and what they maybe, what are the habits that will lead to that. But the other part of it, the mind, back to the mindset, is trying to think about it this way. What kind of person loses 30 pounds in a year? What kind of person would it, would, what would a person who does that do? like kind of almost disassociate yourself for a moment and look at a person at a farm and go, that person is going to lose, what would they have to do? Okay, well, they would probably have to start by deciding this. So instead of thinking about, you know, the day that I lose that 30 pounds, I'm going to be so happy. I'm going to be happy then. I'm going to be happy when. I'm going to be happy when I have this, when I have that. It's kind of like the thing of I'm happy when I win the lottery. Well, yes. So, Instead, well, well, I really would be happy that day, but you want to be happy along the way as well. (laughs) What would make you happy right now is knowing that that is going to happen because you're putting little things in place. Right. Are the things that you need to do to be that person, that person that you want to be? Because habits are those little habits that you put into place for those goals. Each little habit, each little action is a vote for who you want to be. You're voting every day. Who do I want to be next? Who do I want to be now? It's a little vote. And those votes count up after a while. 
And I think of it as that you're, you're voting for yourself. What is it that you want? So who do you, who do you want to be? And thinking of it that way might be just what it takes to sort of interrupt that cycle of setting a goal and then not reaching it and setting a goal and not reaching it and then feeling demotivated. Why even bother? So if somebody wanted to lose 30 pounds, like your example earlier, they could think about, okay, if the person, if I was that person, if I'm looking at somebody else who wants to lose 30 pounds, what would they look like? I could say, okay, they drink a lot of water. So I'm going to incorporate that in my day. And you start with maybe that one simple goal. And then the next time you you say, okay, you know, that person eats a lot of salads. I'm going to start eating more salads. So eventually those little decisions, or as you call them, votes add up. And before you know it, you have a completely different lifestyle and you've dropped 30 pounds and you weren't focused on the, I need to lose 30 pounds. Right. Yes. And it's, it's all the other things too. Like when somebody has, like, when you think about business, when you really want to get that promotion and you know that you need to up your skills or you need to bolster your resume, you work with a coach, you work with somebody who, uh, like a business coach, who can look at what you're doing and say, all right, here's the first thing you need to do. Let's work on that. And so you have like a, a, a cheerleader and a mentor to kind of help you through it. Well, the same thing with this, if, if food is the difficult thing, then work with a nutrition coach have somebody that works with you that is really knowledgeable that you have good chemistry with, you know, that's another thing that a person who would lose 30 pounds might do or, um, you know, study up, read, read a book about different kinds of exercise or hire, hire a trainer. I'm not, I'm not stumping for my own self here because I only do in-person training. So you don't live in Scottsdale, (laughs) but, but there's, there's, there's great trainers everywhere. Right. Right. No, it's it's a great it's a great idea and and I truly, you know, being a coach, you know, I go to other people for advice all the time and I refer out to other people all the time. So I think it's important to find the right person that's going to help you in the right way. Not everyone's going to be that right fit. So I like that. Thank you. Um let's talk a little bit about resilience. What does that mean? How does somebody become resilient? Well, if you were alive today and you're listening to this podcast, you already have resilience because you can't get through life without it. I think the thing that happens is we often don't recognize our own resilience. And the older you get, the more you have. And so there's there's this cool thing that I, I think I came across it in reading a book. I can't remember where, but it was this idea of comparison and comparison with yourself. So... I realized that when I went through my transformation from being 33% body fat to 10% body fat as a bodybuilding competitor, I had a picture of myself then and a picture of myself when I reached that goal. And then I thought about all of the roadblocks that would should have stopped me. This happened. I had this setback. Somebody in my family died. I had, you know, I got sick. All these different things that happened where they were all, all these obstacles, one after another, after another over that three or four years that should have, could have stopped me in my tracks. And I chose not to stop. And I felt like it was important for me to look back and see, wow, those are all the things that I overcame along the way. 
and it didn't stop me. I'm resilient. So then I took the next five years and took a picture and put them next to each other and did it again. It's a, it's a really great visual, excuse me. <clears throat> it's a really great visual for being able to see how much resilience you actually have. I love that. When you were uh, talking about that, I was thinking about, you know, I recently drove across country from Arizona to Florida, then from Florida to Virginia. And along the way, we ran into quite a few, you know, issues. And there was a couple of times I wanted to turn around and go back, but we didn't. We just kept going, you know, so you can see resilience in different ways. So it's, it's a goal of maybe getting a new job or a goal of maybe losing weight or a goal of traveling or whatever it is, you can definitely see that resilience in everything that you do. So I love your example. Um, every, okay. So um, what are some of the things that do get in the way when someone is maybe fighting that, uh, that feeling, maybe they don't feel resilient? Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, just for one second, going back to what you said about your trip, it's sometimes those obstacles and those roadblocks that make the best stories later. Yes. Those are, those are the stories you tell other people. You wouldn't believe what happened. And that's what you treasure because it's not only a fun, interesting story that people can relate to, but also it it, it preserves your sense of, I, I did that. Absolutely. Um, so some of the resilient, some of the obstacles in the way, are uh, I, I spoke from my own experience in my book about this because it's stuff that I passed on because I wish somebody had told me about this. Anytime you change a habit and it starts to become apparent to the people around you that you are transforming, you are changing, you are sitting up straighter, you are making different choices when you're at a party, you are doing all these little, these little behaviors, your friends are like, Hey, what's going on with you? Well, the, at first, everybody will be, you go, girl. They'll be very excited that you're, you, you know, they're, they're kind of, you know, bolstering you up right. until you start to have some tangible results. And as you ha- start to have tangible results, there's this switch that happens because the people around you will see you differently and then they have to look at themselves differently. You're holding up a mirror to them to say, here's what I'm doing. And But they're projecting on you. They're looking at you, but they're seeing themselves and like, well, I'm not going to get up at six in the morning, go to, go to the gym. <laughs> I'm going to start to poke holes in that. Now they don't think, they don't think that logically about it. Like I'm going to, I'm going to say something mean. It's more like they're feeling a little insecure about it. So they're going to say things right. like, Wow, it's too bad that you know you can't enjoy yourself at the party with a glass of wine. Or, oh, aren't you? I had one person actually say, You're eating so much seafood. Aren't you afraid of getting mercury poisoning? <laughs> wow. No, I'm not afraid. But it's it was so shocking to me because, and these aren't mean people by any means. Right. Nobody was, but they would just say these little things. So you have to be ready people around you sometimes to throw out obstacles. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, we have about a minute before we go to break. Uh, what, what is the name of your book if somebody wanted to purchase it? It's called The Elements of Aging Well, My Journey So Far. And how can they get a copy? It's on Amazon. 
And so if they, if the person were to go onto Amazon and just type in my name, it would come up. It looks like this. It just has my, my picture on it. Thank you so much. Yeah. So there you go. Um, And if you're looking to get in touch with me, you can go to my website, executivefunctioncoachaz.com. You can uh, subscribe to our magazine and you can also call me if you're interested in being on the radio show or if you'd like to write an article for our magazine. Uh, Without you, this would not be possible. So thank you. We'll be back after these messages. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you are struggling with organization, time management, or other executive functions, Bozzi Acosti is ready to put you on the path to success. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Bozzi works with in-person clients at her Phoenix, Arizona office or with clients anywhere across the country remotely. Mention that you heard this ad from the Focus on Success radio show and receive a free initial consultation with Fazia, plus $50 off an intake evaluation, a $300 value. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com or call 480-648-1122. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Focus on Success. To reach Fazia Acosti or her guest on the live show, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Fazia at Executive Function Coach AZ.com. Now, back to Focus on Success. Hi, welcome back. I'm Fazia Costi, and today we are talking to Janet McConnell. She is a keynote speaker, a published author, and a personal fitness trainer in her late 60s. So, welcome back, Janet. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Yeah, I, I I loved our conversation the first half of the show. Uh, I'd love to shift gears a little bit for the second half of the show. I'd like to talk a little bit about exercise and nutrition, and then maybe talk a little bit about your book and your public speaking towards the end of our show. So let's talk a little bit about exercise, the dreaded exercise, the thing that you know everyone says they have to do, but nobody enjoys doing. Uh, well, I wouldn't say nobody. I think you can find ways to enjoy exercise. Um, what, what is that all about? So how do you find joy in your exercise? That's interesting that you use that word, that word turn of phrase, because that is the key, Fazia. That's the key is what is the exercise that you enjoy? And that kind of is the the cornerstone of my message on picking the right thing. I happen to fall into bodybuilding and resistance training out of a a sense of needing to exercise and hired a trainer, not even knowing what she trained on and fell in love with it. 
but it doesn't always happen that way. And there's plenty of people out there who do not like setting foot in a gym, but they like to do a lot of other things outdoors, some kind of outdoor thing or um, some kind of pursuit like that. So it's, yeah, I'm, a- I'm in that category. I, I used to have a home gym cause I don't like going to a gym. I just don't enjoy that. And I think a lot of people fall in that category. You can be very physically fit and never go to a gym, but it has, it has to be something else, but it, you, you want to think about things. I mean, I talk about longevity and about going for the, going for the long haul here, you know, what is it that you enjoy doing that you wouldn't mind doing for the next 40 or 50 years mm-hmm. because you love it so much. And I have, I have people all over the place that I train. My gym is a medium sized, small private gym, smaller private gym. So it's a little more, it's less intimidating. Let me put it mm-hmm. that way. So it's, it's comfortable, but I, I train plenty of people just short term who want to compete are runners. Um, I trained a lady last year who mm-hmm. wanted for her 60th birthday, she wanted to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Wow. So we trained how to climb for Mount Kilimanjaro. I've trained um, an 82-year-old who loved scuba diving and wanted to travel to all seven continents, and she's 82. Now, when she's in the water, she's certified for, for scuba diving. She was fine swimming, you know, because of the buoyancy. But when she was up on deck... She couldn't drag the oxygen tanks around and she she felt like everybody was having to wait on her and it bothered her. So she trained to get stronger in her upper body so she could work her own equipment and eventually made it to Australia, the Great Barrier Reef, went to Antarctica, trekking around, got to do it all. But it's training for what you want to do. But she got the basic thing of what do I love doing? It's not lifting weights, certainly. It's a means to an end. So yeah. to, talk, to talk about exercise, the first thing, people usually either want to know how to eat, how, you know, what, they sh- what, what should my diet look like, and then I don't know what to do for exercise. And the so- two definitely go hand in hand. Now, personally, I, I, I worked with a really great trainer many years ago, but she was so strict on the diet, it was the biggest turnoff for me, so I walked away. Because I didn't want to do her diet. But the exercise wasn't so bad. So give me some more examples of of what you've had to work with. Okay. Well, it's funny because instead of setting out a diet for people to follow, because that's kind of a cookie cutter approach, it's kind of like going on Instagram and going, oh, well, that fitness model looks great. I'm going to eat what she's eating. And you're not the same person. You're different. You have a different lifestyle. You have different age, different um, genetics, different chemistry, everything. So it has nothing to do with you. The Instagram model is telling you what works for her. Mm-hmm. doesn't work necessarily. So I, I made a big example in my book of this that I think people can relate to. If you picture in your mind, everybody knows what a sumo wrestler looks like. You know, <laughs> in Japan, they have those big, huge... Strong. They're monsters. They're just really big. Yeah. And, and they're at the top of their game. They are professional and they are champions, champion athletes, but they have a certain sport, right? Then think about a Kentucky Derby jockey. Very slight build, very lean, really has to be very on point, keeping their weight controlled because that controls the outcome of the race. So it's a sport right. that involves a certain kind of physique. Both of those sports involve physique because the bulk of a, of a sumo wrestler 
is a, is a good way of telling whether or not he could win, but in addition to strength. <clears throat> Never in a hundred years would those two competitors trade dinner plates. Never. Right. They eat for jobs for that matter. <laughs> right. They eat to feed their sport. A sumo wrestler eats to feed his sport. A jockey eats to feed his sport. Same thing with a gymnast or a, a, a javelin thrower or a high jumper or what we might say that um, Dr. Peter Atia, who is a podcaster, who is a um, longevity specialist in, in the medical field, talks about the centenarian Olympics. If you want to live to be 100 years old, think of it as a sport. And what is what do you have to train for to be ready to compete in the 100-year Olympics? Do you want to be able to carry a bag of groceries up the stairs? Do you want to be able to pick up a running grandchild that's coming at you at full tilt? Do you want to be able to get up and down out of a chair without falling? Do you want to be able to walk on cobblestones because you love traveling? What is it that you love to do? Are you training for that? And I thought that was a very good application to that idea of you I love eat it. and you for what for what it is that you love. I mean, you don't want to just, you know, kill yourself on the treadmill because you should exercise when you hate doing it. How, and and what does it serve? Are you getting to do what you love to do? So it's it's a it's kind of a a logic around what makes sense for what you love to do. And you'll keep doing it and then you'll be motivated to eat in a way that feeds the thing that gives you the stamina and the strength and the energy to do the thing and be competitive in what you love. Which takes you right back to your mindset. You know, you have to have that mindset before you can do anything. So if you've got that mindset the way you need it to be, you can set those goals, you can be resilient and then focus on the actual quote unquote exercise that you need to do to meet your goals. Right. I mean, people have asked me because I think when I started out as a trainer, it was after I had become a competitive bodybuilder and I went through this transformation that was really remarkable. And so I came in like gangbusters because now I have the secret and I know what everybody needs to do. Well, that was, couldn't have been more wrong. I was just, I was kind of like, like that born again, evangelical trainer, <laughs> if I could use that metaphor. And I had to learn that actually what I had was an example of what I love doing, what I was willing to sacrifice for to get on that stage and be competitive and maybe win a trophy. And not everybody would care to do any of that, but right. there are things I knew that could translate down into what somebody does care about and make it make sense for them. So I've mellowed about the uh, the stringent rules over time. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love that. Um, I love that description you gave earlier about you know you're you're basically setting yourself up for success in the areas that you want to be successful. And that is what's important. And, and that goal is different for every single person. So I, I love that. Um, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, as a trainer, what do you need to do to help somebody, you know, hold themselves accountable? Do you sit down with them and uh, create goals and then, you know, customize it? Or do you have like one plan that you kind of share with everybody? It's really important in the beginning to get a feel for what the person wants to accomplish. Sometimes they'll sign up for training because they have a short-term goal and that's okay. 
it's not ideal because once you reach the goal, then what, you know? So it's like, I'm thinking about long-term, I'm thinking about consistency over time, but sometimes it's the gateway drug into becoming a person who thinks that way. So if they're able to um, lose some weight and look a little more toned because their daughter is getting married and they want to look nice in their mother of the bride dress, or like the lady who climbed Mount Kilimanjaro or, like for somebody who uh, I, I trained a, a young man one time who was a, a medium distance runner and he was just stuck. He could never break through. And so, in other words, I would train him differently, making his hamstrings stronger so that now he can burst forward and start winning some races because his hamstrings were not strong. So it, it's like it's, it's as specific as that. But then once that happens, sometimes I would say maybe three quarters of the time, the person who goes through that short-term goal falls in love with the process and realizes that they can continue to grow and continue to be strong and avoid injury by doing resistance training as a lifestyle to support whatever sport it is that they also like to play. So people don't get injured with me. They get injured downhill skiing or falling off their bicycle somewhere, and then they come back to me to rehabilitate (laughs) Well, I, I think, it, you know, you have this very wonderful, uh, non-judgmental way of of looking at exercise and, and people. And, and I, I can see how somebody would work with you and fall in love with, with whatever the process is for them and maybe continue. Because, I, and I've worked with several different trainers in my lifetime. And I'll be honest, I haven't always enjoyed it because they come at it in, in a very concrete way and they don't really listen. And I, I like that you listen to your clients. It's a very important thing in action in any field. So that's wonderful that you do that. Um, what would someone look for if they're looking for a trainer? What are the things that you recommend that they look for? Yes, I, I'd love to talk about that because you're, you have listeners from all over the country, all over the place, all over the world. And it's important to make sure that uh, what you just said about uh, not enjoying, I, I had an experience or two like that. Oftentimes it was a very young person who was kind of new, um, new at the, at, the, at the skills of doing that. And I had already kind of learned some things and, and I felt like they were kind of like pushing me into their mold. So you definitely want to find somebody who... I would recommend somebody who's close to your age. Like there's a woman who trains in our gym who is in her early 30s and has two small children. And she learned how to regulate her fitness and her weight after childbirth, how important it is to work on the pelvic floor, to work on the core, how to eat sensibly so that you don't make yourself crazy trying to lose those few extra pounds you gain through pregnancy. So guess what her clientele is? Lots of women who are pregnant or have just had children. See, so they, these are people that found their their person because right. she gets it. She gets it. So for me, my thing is what it's like to be 50s, 60s, coming up to 70 pretty soon and how to stay fit without getting hurt, being reasonable in my skills, working with people who have knee replacements and hip replacements being able to be stronger over time and being patient with the process. So to answer your question, 
If somebody is looking for a trainer and maybe they belong to a big box gym with uh, that's very large and, and there's trainers milling around, I would say this is like my favorite piece of advice is get on a, a treadmill where you can see the floor and you can watch the trainers <laughs> working with their clients. So don't go too fast. You want to you wanna go just nice walking speed so you're not paying attention to gasping for breath. Look out at the gym and watch how they work. Do they look at their phone and scroll social media while their client is doing walking lunges incorrectly and not taking care of them? Do they put everything away and pay, like make eye contact and make pay attention? Do they have a clipboard? Are they taking notes of things? Are they, um, are they, you can see that there is an engagement there where they actually enjoy what they're doing. They're not bored. They are absolutely engaged physically and emotionally with that person. Do they look excited to be there? That's a good start. Finding somebody where you watch me like, look at them go. I'm, I, I've actually gotten clients because they've been watching me and they've been looking for a trainer and they said, no, you never once took out your phone. You were paying attention and, and you guys were laughing. What, what's going on over there? I wanted to know what you were laughing about. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, that's absolutely wonderful advice. Um, <clears throat> what if somebody doesn't like working at the gym? What do they do? What do you recommend there? I recommend, um, probably figuring out if you if you're a hiker or if you like cycling or if you like yoga uh, Pilates yeah. or you may engage in a class with a teacher which is great because you kind of you want to get some instruction to make sure you're doing things correctly right. there's a lot of people that are fans of of the peloton model where you have somebody motivating you but you have your own equipment so you can just do it when and where you want Right. Um, also, um, I would say that if you're engaged in like martial arts or some kind of a class, you'll get the instruction that way. But it's good to have a friend who enjoys hiking with you or going with you, swimming, you know, if you like to be, a, if you become a swimmer. So it just depends on if it's an outdoor sport and you need motivation, get a buddy, get a buddy or, or join a small meetup group that likes to do those things as well. And you develop a community around it. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. I, I really, uh, I really find everything that you've been talking about today, very inspiring. So I hope that there's a lot of people out there inspired. Um, let's talk a little bit about nutrition. Everyone gives different advice about diets, or eating, or, um, you know, and there's a lot of conflicting information out there. What, um, what can someone do to kind of sort through all of that and figure out what's right for them? Well, barring any uh, nutritional allergies that are out there, this is just talking in general. Um, I, I recommend usually just more, the more you can, it's, it's kind of an 80, 20 rule. So the more you can eat out of whole foods, things that are real, that you cook yourself or that are prepared in a way that you would cook them because they're very, uh, pure, not a lot of additives and stuff as much as possible. Stay away from fast food or refined foods. But beyond that, there is a lot of stuff out there available on social media and also in books and podcasts about different types, different diet frameworks. So there's things like keto or 
paleo or Mediterranean diet or intermittent fasting is a, is a hot topic right now. Mm-hmm. And so you may be hearing an influencer. You think, wow, you know, I'm, I'm kind of convinced that this is something I should try, but I'm not sure. What I recommend people do is start at the beginning. If you want, if you decide, let's say you decide you want to do some intermittent fasting. So read up on it, get a plan. So you kind of know which one you, which way you want to pick. But then you want to, before you start, get some body measurements, weigh yourself, get some, get some stats on yourself and then do it for a month. Like religiously, don't shirk it off. Do it for a month, 30 days, and then reassess. How do I feel? Am I stronger? Am I healthier? Am I sleeping better? Or am I always have a gnawing hunger? Do I not feel satisfied? Have I lost muscle? That's a big one, you know, because sometimes um, some of the diets are really uh, the calorie deficit is a little too much. And so you have to be careful of that. So it's it, so you can experiment for a little while, but do it long enough so that you can measure and and go in, all, go all in and see and then decide, OK, well, that was kind of interesting, but mm, I'm not really happy with that. And then try something else. So there's that. There's also working with a nutritional coach. That's a good plan because usually they ha- if they have a medical foundation so that they can properly prescribe. Because I find that most of, most of the people, most of the ladies that I work with that are trying to lose weight work with a nutritional person and they find out they're under eating. Because what happens is, yeah, okay. when you under eat, when you eat less than, you know, you'll be eating eight or 900 calories a day. Well, what that does is that makes your body metabolism slow down because your body says, uh-oh, we're, we're going through a famine right now. So my little evolutionary cave woman is going to save my life here. And I'm going to keep every ounce of fat just in case we need it because you're not eating enough right now. So I'm going to hold on to it for you. I'm going to do you a favor. Well, it's not what you want. <laughs> How special. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it's going to take. <laughs> so, it, if you eat more and build more muscle, then you raise your metabolism, your basal metabolism, and you burn more calories. Just sitting on the couch, you're burning more calories. So, wow. things like that, you know. And and but I I guess overall, it's making sure that you're getting enough of all the different food groups and eating as clean as possible. Shopping the perimeter of the store, not too much in the middle of the store except for maybe your oatmeal and, you know, things right. like. Well, I, I want to thank you for, for all of this wonderful information. Um, we have a couple minutes left. I want to talk about your book and your public speaking next, just so that everyone is aware of what else you can do. Let's talk a little bit about your book. Tell us the name of your book again, please. The, the name of my book is Elements of Aging Well, My Journey So Far. And I, I'm made that title that way on purpose because it's an ongoing project, just like for everyone. It's not, it's not a work kind of thing. Aging is a process and I'm picking my way as I go. And I'm leaving, I'm I'm leaving information out there of what I figured out so far to help people if they, if they find it helpful. Um, I, where can someone get a copy if they wanted to get a copy? It's on Amazon and you can just Google, uh, Google, you can, you can search on Amazon, um, Janet McConnell, and it'll come up and it looks, it looks like this. It has my picture on it. So okay. it's, it, you, there's a couple of other books that talk about aging well. 
so you won't get confused with which one. Yeah, and, and if you want to see a copy of the book, you can go on to our YouTube channel and you can see the video. Um, there's a picture there as well. Yeah. 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 And it, I kind of, um, like I, I said earlier, I, I added in a lot of other things. It's not just about diet and exercise. It's about mindset and about how to, how to set habits. I give examples. I tell my life story, my, not my life story, but my transformation story. Perfect. And it kind of gives a context to what I'm talking about. Wonderful. And then you also do public speaking. So if somebody was interested in having you come speak at their event, how could they get in touch with you for that? I would say probably by email is the best. I think that will be included in your show notes, I I assume. Um, Yeah, we can add that in there. Absolutely. So if you're looking to get in touch um, with Janet, we'll put her email in um, our banner when we create the banner for... um, for the show, um, we'll put that on our, our uh, webpage. If you're looking to get in touch with me, you can go to executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Uh, we are still offering our special for our mind print assessment. So um, if your child is interested in knowing uh, the, a prediction on how they can do on their ACT or SAT, uh, the mind print assessment can definitely do that. And um If you're looking to be a guest on our show, or if you'd like to write an article for our magazine, you can go to our website, executivefunctioncoachaz.com. You can go on the um, homepage and you can send us an email through the contact tab. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to all our listeners um, in China, in the Netherlands, uh, New Zealand, wherever you might be. Without you, this would not be possible. Um, So thank you very much for listening. And once again, I want to thank Janet McConnell for being on the show today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And um, we'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Focus on Success. Please join your host, Fazia Costi, for another program next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again, have a great week.